That talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to a Thursday Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamarice from Cleveland.com, just me today. Uh, Nathan Baird still out on baby leave. Nathan, uh, excuse me, Stephen Means a little under the weather. So I'm bringing this to you about the Ohio State coaching contracts. And per request from one of our tech subscribers, I'm going to try to break it up because some of you don't care about basketball. And that's okay. It's really a football podcast, like what, 94% of the time? We did the big basketball wrap-up on Monday about the state of the program. But both Ryan Day and Chris Holtman, along with Kevin McGuff, the women's basketball coach, and a couple other coaches, got extensions slash new contracts slash raises this week. Uh, The board of trustees has to approve it, but Ohio State put out the information. They're going to rubber stamp that, and these guys are getting paid. So... I do want to talk about the Ryan Day raise and extension and the Chris Holtman raise and extension together and the history of how the Ohio State basketball coach and the Ohio State football coach are paid and what the current deals tell us about the state of those two programs. I think there's some interesting crossover stuff here, and I will tell you that my initial reaction to those extensions has changed a little bit as I research stuff, look back at old stories put some things in context, and maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. Then we'll take a break. Then I'll dive in hard on Ryan Day, his extension, his future, what it means. We have great comments from our tech subscribers at 614-350-3315. I've been asking the tech subscribers a lot of survey questions, a lot of reaction from them. This is a good time for you guys to be in on the off-season discussion. It's like, maybe it's a little slow elsewhere, and it's like, ah, could use a little Buckeye stuff in my life. Four bucks a month will give you that. I have survey results about Day and Holtman that we'll go over, and then we'll take another break, and then we'll talk about the Chris Holtman extension specifically. A lot of reaction to that. I know it's like people don't care as much about basketball, but I got more reaction from tech subscribers to the Holtman extension than I did the Day extension because lots of times people react negatively more than they react positively. So let's talk about this first. Ryan Day was due to make $7.6 million this year in his fourth year at Ohio State. He's going to make $9.5 million instead. I double-checked. That's going to kick in on July 1st. It's not a like 9.5 average that it's like 9 this year, then 10 next year, and that's a 9.5 average. He's getting the 9.5 right now. 9.5 is a magic number because that's how much Mel Tucker's making. And this is not a coincidence. It's also, I think, what Brian Kelly's making at LSU. Mel Tucker signed last November a 10-year, 9.5, 10-year $95 million contract And that leaked several days before Ohio State beat Michigan State by 45. And that was noted in Columbus that the guy with the new $9.5 million contract just got beat. Now, is Michigan State supposed to be as good as Ohio State? No. Is Mel Tucker a great football coach? Yes. Did Michigan State really need to keep Mel Tucker? Probably yes. Did they have to do whatever it took? Probably yes. But it was noted. So that's like a 25% raise, 7.6 to 9.5. For Ryan Day, Chris Holtman was making about three million, a little more than three million and change. A lot of these numbers from the USA Today coaching database—they do a tremendous job. It is such a resource. I don't know if if college football fans—you got to pay to be a subscriber there. Worth it. I would pay for it. I do pay for it. Um, I don't know if college football fans like like to sort through coaching salary databases, but college sports writers certainly do. It is an invaluable resource. So thanks to Steve Berkowitz and the people at USA Today who have been compiling that for over a decade now. I've been using it the whole time, practically, that I've been an Ohio State writer. Chris Holtman, just over $3 million last year. He's jumping to $3.5 million. So that's like a 17% raise. 
He signed an eight-year deal. He's been at Ohio State for five years now. He signed an eight-year deal for $3 million per year when he got here. He had not gotten an extension or a raise since he got here. Ryan Day was making $4.5 million his first year in 2019. They go undefeated in the regular season and make the playoff. He renegotiates immediately, gets an extension, gets a raise. Now, they, he goes to the playoff again. They have this third year where they lose two games in the regular season, but the Tucker stuff happens. James Franklin gets a raise, and he renegotiates again. So Ryan Day, who is entering his fourth year, this is his second pay bump and second extension. In his And he's been a coach three years. Chris Holtman's been here five years. This was his first extension and first pay bump. So I do think those two things are related. And I do think this tells us something that we knew, but money talks and podcasts walk. Because you could walk with a podcast. What's easier to walk down the street, right? A podcast or piles of money? You can't drag... You're getting a wagon, I guess. You could put $7.6 million in a wagon, but you couldn't put $9.5 million. Now you need two wagons. That's a pain. Me, you put little headphones in, right? I still, my ears are misshapen. I have large lobes. My grandfather had large lobes. So as I get older, my lobes are going to hang lower. You know that song, Do Your Lobes Hang Low? But also the interior part of my ear is misshapen and they're different sizes and it's hard for me to have things stick in my ears. We did have an ad thing for these, uh, what's it called? Raycon Everyday Earbuds. I do use those. They're really good because you can change. They're not even paying me anymore. But you can change the size of the rubber part that goes in your ear. So my ear holes are two different sizes and I have to change the rubber part that goes in one size. Needs a bigger piece of rubber in my ear. So you can walk down the street with the podcast. Money tells us stuff. There was a time when Thad Mata got here. So again, we're talking about Chris Holtman was making $3 million and got a bump to 3.5, okay? Thad Mata got a bump to 3.2 in January 2013. So Chris Holtman is now just making more than what... Thad Mata was making nine years ago. At that time, Thad Mata was making 3.2. Urban Meyer was, I think, making like 4.1 that year, but his average for his deal was 4.4. In 2007, 2008, Thad Mata got a bump after they made the national championship game in 2007. He got a bump from 1.9 to 2.5 million. At that time, Jim Trestle was making 2.6 million. So after the amazing 2006-2007 Ohio State school year, athletic year, where they reached the national title game in both sports and lose to Florida in both. At the conclusion of that, Thad Mata and Jim Trestle are basically making the same amount of money. Six years later, Urban Meyer's making a million more than Thad Mata. We are now in a world where Ryan Day is making $6 million more than Chris Holtman. That tells us something. It tells us, I think, that Ohio State is still willing to pay at a very high level for great achievement in basketball. And they're not paying for it because they're not getting it. And we knew that. But my initial reaction to this, and I, and I want to talk about these two things in concert because I do think they're related. It's my opinion. Nobody would tell you this if it's real. 
but I'm trying to read the tea leaves here. And I'm old. I've been in here a long time. I'm entering year 19 of covering this program. So I might have a read on some of these things. I initially thought, why'd they give Holtman an extension? He signed an initial eight-year deal. He had three years left of that. I would have made him ride it out one more year. You can't get down to the last year of a coach's deal or it just breeds questions. Ooh, don't go there. They talk, Everyone else tells the recruits, oh, they don't believe in the coach. He's only got a year left on his deal. I could see letting it ride out this year. And then a year from now, you would have reached the point where now he has two years left on his deal. I don't know that you can let him coach that year either. You might have had the rubber hit the road with Chris Holtman a year from now. Thad Mata had a deal where every time he won, this was in his contract language, every time he won either a Big Ten regular season or tournament title, you can just make a good run in Indy or Chicago for a week and get a new year, or make the Elite Eight, you got an extra year added to your contract. Now, if you did all three things in the same year, you didn't get three years added, but every year at least one of those things happened, you got a year added. Guess what happened to Thad Mott a lot? So in 2013... When he got that bump to 3.2, they were about to make that contract at that time when he got a raise and extension in January 2013, the midst of that season, that took him through the 2018-2019 season, okay? Then that March, they made the Elite Eight, so that added a year. When he got fired then in the summer of 2017, he had three years left on his deal. 17, 18, 18, 19, 19, 20. That extra year was the one year added. But he did not get a new deal between 2013 and when he was fired in 2017. He got a bunch of new deals before that because they were winning. So 2013 was the last time they won a Big Ten or made the Elite Eight. The next year they lose in the first round to Dayton, and then it starts to come apart a little bit. They make the NCAA tournament, win one game with D'Angelo Russell, but we see what turns out to be the beginning of the end for Thad Mata. So Thad Mata got fired with three years left on his deal. He did not get an extension for his last four years or a raise. Chris Holtman didn't get an extension or a raise for five years. He coached five years without that. He got one this year, but it is a 17% raise It brings him into the top 20, according to the USA Today salary database of coaches, but nowhere near the top level. Last year, according to the USA Today salary database for basketball head coaches, there were, uh, let's see, there were four basketball coaches who made $7 million a year last year or more. There were nine football coaches. Between five and 6.9 million, there are only three more basketball coaches. There were 14 football coaches. So last year, according to USA Today, basketball coaches making at least 5 million, seven football coaches making at least 5 million, 23. And then there were a lot in the between 3.1 million and 4.9 million. There were 25 basketball coaches and there were 30 more football coaches. So overall, last year, according to USA Today, and it doesn't include some of the private schools because they don't have to release the information when you put in a freedom of information request. So sometimes you can do tax returns and you see things that a private university file on a tax return, but it includes most everybody. Last year, making $3.1 million or more. Basketball coaches, there were 32 of them. Football coaches, there were 53. Chris Holtman wasn't one of them. Chris Holtman last year was not one of the 85 head coaches in college sports making at least $3.1 million. 
That tells us, I think, something. He was ninth in the Big Ten a year ago, and he was outside. He was like 32nd, 33rd overall in the nation. This bump gets him in the top 20 or so in the nation, and it makes him, Izzo makes a lot more than anybody else in Big Ten basketball. It gets Holtman right into that next tier with Juwan Howard, Brad Underwood, Fred Hoiberg, a bunch of other coaches, kind of tied for second at 3.9, excuse me, at 3.5 million. But the gap, there was a time where Ohio State would have been, they were paying its basketball coach among the top five in the nation. And now we're in a world where the top, in, uh, guys in the nation last year, Bill Self at Kansas made $10 million. John Calipari made eight point five. Tom Izzo made seven point nine. Mike Krzyzewski was listed as 7.3. Then USA Today had a story really all told. He made over 12 last year. Jay Wright, Villanova, now retired, made 6.2 last year. Chris Beard, former Texas Tech coach, had to get paid to make the jump to Texas a couple years ago. He was at 5.2. If Ohio State was winning the way it was winning under Thad Mata at his peak, they'd be paying that. They'd be paying that. They are not paying Chris Holtman $3 million a year, now giving him a raise to $3.5 million because they are afraid to invest in basketball. They're paying based on performance. And so they are paying Chris Holtman. He was in the 30s. Now he's going to be in the 20s. But they would pay top 10 for a coach that deserved it. But I do think they had to give Chris Holtman an extension. I wrote a column on Thursday morning that said, Coach O got Ryan Day paid because... Ed Orgeron won a national championship at LSU. Then they fell apart. Everybody left. He couldn't sustain it. He gets fired less than two years later. LSU tastes that title. Mmm, delicious. A little Cajun flavoring on that, like a gator tail, right? Po' boy. I like the uh, I like the gumbo. I'm not a big seafood guy. So if the gumbo is chicken and sausage, I'm in. If there's also shrimp, not as much. I might have to pick around the shrimp. And then people be like, why did you pick around the shrimp? I'm trying to teach myself to eat shrimp, but I'm 48 years old. And things go slowly in every way at this point in my life. And Coach O was bad enough that LSU was like, we got to fire you and we'll pay whatever it takes to get somebody good because we tasted that title. So they went after Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker got a raise. They finally got Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly got 9.5. Ohio State, they maybe don't react to, to what LSU does. But if Michigan State reacts to LSU, then Ohio State will react to Michigan State. So they did. Then they had to react and give Ryan Day the same money as Mel Tucker. And then I don't think Ohio State felt like they could announce a big extension and raise for Ryan Day while the basketball coach, who's been here for five years, doesn't get one. Now, you say, well, did he earn it? Well, there's some perception here. I would be talking about, well, Chris Holtman didn't get one. I wonder if that tells us something. I think this is perfunctory. In the end, I thought initially, why did they give Chris Holtman this raise and extension? I think for perception, they had to. And I actually, you can't give a guy a $100,000 raise. It's like, oh, he got a 6% raise. He's like a normal human. Well, they're not normal humans. You and I, I guess $100,000 is that 6%. I guess $300,000. So it's like 3.5%. Actually, a 3.5% raise for like a normal person is pretty good. We're beyond the the realm of normalcy, right? So I think like they had to do this and three more years, he's got six. I think he's got, this tells me he's got two years for sure. We knew he had this year. And then I think they let him, you know, get rid of a guy with five years on a deal. That's kind of a lot. You let him through, see through the second year of this top five recruiting class, top five, top six recruiting class. But then all bets are off. 
So three point five million a year for four years. If after twenty three twenty four, they don't love it, they're not they're not tied to anything they can't handle. So my initial reaction was like, wow, a Holtman extension. But I actually think it was like it, they almost did kind of the minimum they had to do. Maybe I'll hear from Chris Holtman on this. I don't know. Make the Sweet 16, win a Big Ten championship, and the conversation will change. So that's where we are on that. I do, But let's remember, I had not really thought of it or remembered it in terms of Thad Mata basically made almost as much as Jim Trestle. Can you imagine if Chris Holtman made $9.5 million now? Well, Bill Self makes it. What if Ohio State basketball was as good as Kansas basketball? Then they'd be paying it. They would. They'd be paying it. So we know the perception. We know football matters more. But Chris Holtman's making 37% of what Ryan Day is making. That is a performance evaluation on a check. So when we get into the Chris Holtman discussion at the end here, a lot of people, a lot of our texters said, hey, if you're getting paid as a top 20 coach, you better be a top 20 coach. This better be a top 20 basketball team. And guess what? Top 20, you know know what that's close to being? Sweet 16. So does it put pressure on Holtman? I don't know. I almost think it might put pressure because it's not bigger. So anyway, that's how I read that. It's not how I read it initially. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back with some survey results about people, where, how long you think Ryan Day and Chris Holtman will be here, what you think of the two extensions, and then we will get into Ryan Day specifically and what I think this means. Again, I'm doing it by myself because the other guys aren't here. Um, there was a time, and I, I was I was reminiscing a bit because one of our old friends, Zach Meisel, had uh, a baby this week. His wife had a baby this week. Congratulations to the Meisels, who Zach, of course, now works for the Athletic, covers the Cleveland Guardians there, tremendous writer. He was here. It was before we did the podcast. So if you guys only know us from the podcast, you wouldn't have heard Zach uh, on that. Zach and I did do another podcast together with Takes by the Lake when that started. Um, Zach and I were doing that together before he left for the athletic. But um, it's made me reminisce uh, a little bit because um, I was thinking about in 2013 when Ari Wasserman and Zach Meisel were on the beat with me here. That was the first year I had beat partners. And then Zach left, and then we got Landis, and that was Ari and Landis. And then Ari left, and we got Tim Bielek, and then it was Bielek and Landis. And then Landis left, and it was just me. And then Steven came, and then Nathan came. But there was a time in a crossover there where after Bielek left and after Landis left, and before we hired Steven, where I was doing podcasts by myself for a little while, and people hated it. So I'm a volume shooter. I like to think of myself as a volume shooter. Maybe um, I, my efficiency is not real high, but I talk a lot. Um, but I'll put up some points. But a lot of times my point total is dependent on who's on the court with me. So if I have other people on the court with me who are making shots, then I won't shoot as much. But And then like you think like, oh, God, thank, thank God Doug's not shooting as much. And like, that's fine, but it's like I, my shot volume is sort of contingent on who's hot today. And if nobody else is scoring, then I feel like I better score. I'm alone for this podcast, and I might be alone for a couple more. People hated me alone. I got so many one-star reviews alone, and it was like, well, what do you want me to do? It's either me by myself or no podcast. So that's where we are right now. I have some other guests who are going to come on and join us. I have lots of invitations out. I'm kind of scrambling here a little bit. But in the meantime, if you hate this podcast, it's either this or have me throw the ball out of bounds or get a shot clock violation. So I'm going to miss a bunch of shots. Someone's got to shoot, baby.
So we're here to talk Chris Holtman and Ryan Day. And I'm going to go like 17 for 63 today. And we're probably going to lose by 40. But at least we're on the court. We'll do more about Ryan Day next on Buckeye Talk. All right, back on Buckeye Talk. Doug Maurice here. So we're going to do some survey results. I forgot to say this. I wrote notes down. And I forgot to say the thing. This is what I think is the difference. It would have been better off the top. The difference between the Ryan Day and the Chris Holtman contract is when you're in a casino, money is no longer real to you. They don't have any clocks. You're in a haze. You might be drinking. You might be there with friends. And 50 bucks is no longer 50 bucks. Because 50 bucks, even, you know, cost stuff's going up a little bit. 50 bucks can still get you some stuff. In a casino, 50 bucks, depending what you're playing, might get you like eight minutes of fun. But most of the time, you don't think to yourself, oh my God, 50 bucks, was that worth it? It's just hanging out. It's the price of hanging out. Right now, Ohio State football's in the casino. So $9.5 million for Ryan Day. It's like, there's no clocks here. There's an ATM over there. Yes, there's like a $9 service charge, but we can get more money. We'll get more money. We're having a good time. You're hanging out with your friends. Yeah, you just lost to Michigan, but it all feels good. The money's not real. Then you leave the casino after you just lost 50 bucks in eight minutes and you walk outside and it's like, all right, I'm kind of hungry. And then you're like, $2.29 for a hamburger? What am I, a Rockefeller? This is ridiculous. I'm not paying $2.29 for a hamburger. I'm going to go home and eat bologna because now you're back in the real world and money matters again. And money matters because you're not just constantly having fun. You're living, right? You got to go to work. You got to sleep. You're not just hanging out. That's where Ohio State basketball is. The money for Ohio State basketball is real. So if 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 Chris Holtman can get the program back in the casino, all bets are off, baby. Who knows what kind of money they might spend? That's not where they are. They're like in the grind. They're in a 40-hour work week. They're in mow your lawn territory. They're in clean the house, right? That's that's where they are. So he's making 37%, but like, you know, basketball, it's not that they're pinching pennies, but it's they're not they're not doing anything it takes. Football is do whatever it takes to keep this rolling mode. Basketball's not there. That's my theory on that. I haven't been in a casino a while. I am a blackjack guy, um, but I'm not very good at it. <laughs> Does that shock you that I'm not a good gambler? I would imagine if you listen to the podcast for any longer than two episodes, it does not shock you. Uh, roulette, I have my numbers that I play in roulette. I assume everybody plays birthdays in roulette. I have a bunch of birthdays kind of lumped together. Um, in my family, so I can move those around. I have the numbers I always play. I mean, again, you may as well flip a coin. Roulette, my God, there's no skill there at all. But I like the little ball. It bounces around. Uh, craps, don't even know how to play. Poker, I'll play a poker tournament, but I won't play a cash game because I get too afraid, and if somebody bets a lot, then I'm dead. Um, but I do like the slots that are fancy. So, like, the slots, if you have a slot that is kind of like a, a video game. I was in Vegas like eight or 10 years ago and they had this American Idol slot machine. And every time you put the money in, Ryan Seacrest said, this is American Idol. And I was just like, I'll pay a dollar just to hear that. This is American Idol. And I lost my shirt. Sex in the City, that's an old show. 
Sex in the City slot machine. Had a lot of fun with that. So that's where I am. But I like being in the casino. But I like there being I'm I'm more I'm like in a casino. I'm like Purdue in a casino, but I like going with Ohio States, if you know what I mean. I'm happy to be at Purdue, and it's like, these guys are in my conference. I'm going to watch them lose money or blow money or spend money or win money. I'll sort of, you know, through them enjoy myself because in the end, I'm still Purdue. And there's only, I might win once every 20 years, but most of the time I'm losing 55 to 3, and I know that. So even though I'm in the casino, I'm not going to completely lose my mind, which is why Purdue doesn't pay its basketball uh, football coach $9.5 million a year. What do you think of Ryan Day getting an extension and a raise from $7.6 million this season to $9.5 million? The text or question, the, the choices were, I agree it's the right move. I disagree. He shouldn't have been given a nearly $2 million raise. Or I don't really care. Doesn't matter that much to me. I don't care. Agree, 84% agree. 3% disagree. 13% don't care. Same question to Chris Holtman. What do you think of him getting a raise from $3 million to $3.5? do not care. I phrase it like this. No strong opinion slash doesn't matter that much to me. So it's like, whatever. I mean, and, and I think this is actually a, an incredibly reasonable sports opinion. Like, they make what they make. I don't know what my neighbor makes. I don't care what my neighbor makes. I care what I make. But, like, what what their salary is doesn't affect me. It's... The athletic department is independent. They have donors that pay for stuff. Maybe ticket prices will go up slightly. I don't know. But, like, I don't really care. I like sports for sports. I don't care about contracts. That is a completely reasonable opinion. It's held by 44% of the people in this poll. Disagree with the Holtman extension, 41%. Agree, only 15%. So, the agree, Ryan Day, 84% like it. Chris Holtman, 15% like it. Overall, Day is around number three or four in football coaches' salary, number one in the Big Ten tied. Holtman's around number 20 in basketball coaches' salary, around tied for second in the Big Ten. What do you think of their salaries compared to their peers? Day is right. Holtman is too high, was 50%. Both of them are right. Day in the top five, Holtman in the top 20, 46%. So that's basically everybody. So... Almost everybody thinks Ryan Day is in the right range. Top five is right for Ryan Day. And like half the people think Holtman's in the right range. So that's where we are with that. And again, I like asking him in connection with each other. This is more long-term stuff. Day's extension now has him under contract for the next seven years. Holtman's extension has him under contract for the next six. Will they make it to the ends of their current contracts? Day will make it. Holtman will not. 65%. 65%. Holtman will make it. Day will not. 2%. Both make it. 18 Neither make it. 15 So overall, people who think Ryan Day is going to make it another seven years here, that overall is 83% of the people. Overall, the people who think Chris Holtman will make it another six years here, that is 35% of the people. So pretty stark difference. And there could be reasons both ways. Like, do you think that's you get fired, you lose your job, or you choose to go somewhere else, or you're so good, you get lured away to go somewhere else. Ryan Day becomes the head coach of the New England Patriots. Chris Holtman becomes you know, the successor to John Calipari at Kentucky after he leaves Ohio State 
to on you know three straight elite eights. Both those are in play there when I say maybe they won't be here anymore. And let's get down to the final Ryan Day thing, and we'll get into a, a long Ryan Day discussion here. Were you ever worried that Ryan Day might leave Ohio State for the NFL soon, like in the next couple of years? Because this is what was percolating during the year. I was never worried 40%. I was worried, but I'm no longer worried thanks to this raise and extension. 30%. I'm still worried. 21%. And I don't worry about coaches that much because like Ohio State will always have a good coach. 9%. So I do think um, the idea that the never worried is twice as much as they still worried, right? So they're the people who just think, hey, he's here. I'm good to go. This is a great place to work. He's not going anywhere. And then there are people who are like, he came from the NFL. He came from the NFL. He's not from Ohio. He's from New England. I'm always going to be worried. You're probably not going to change them. But 30% of the people that this move helped, I might vote for that. So let's talk about Ryan Day. I am just talking to people and being around stuff. I would say that Mel Tucker getting a raise to $9.5 million last year, and then James Franklin getting a raise to, I think his, they're both 10-year deals. I think James Franklin, it was like sort of reported at $7 million per year, but really there's a lot of stuff in there with retention bonuses and stuff that really make it like eight point five. So it's two guys that Ryan Day had beaten. Ohio State is definitely better than those programs. You know, not just because of the coach, but Ohio State football is better than Michigan State football and it's better than Penn State football. And they both got raises. And the thing that I wrote, you guys can go read it at cleveland.com slash OSU. I don't know that Ohio State, either Ryan Day or Gene Smith or Christina M. Johnson or the Board of Trustees thinks that Ohio State has to immediately immediately react to every coaching contract in the SEC. Because the SEC is the SEC. And I think there is an understanding. I don't want to say they're nuts, but they are a little bit more than the Big Ten win at all costs, pay whatever it takes to get a coach. If they have to eat it, they'll eat it, whatever. You can't, you can't, I don't think as Ohio State, I don't, you can't be and they aren't, no holds barred, all out, whatever the SEC does, we absolutely have to match it. I I don't think that's where they are. But they do react to what happens in the Big Ten. And so if USC, there was like USC, they fired Clay Helton. Is there James Franklin talking there? Does that help James Franklin get a 10-year deal from Penn State? There's an out in the middle of it, I think, that it's not maybe not really a 10-year deal, but he got a bump. So if James Franklin's making 8.5, because maybe there were some um, rumblings out there, certainly his agent would play into that. That's Penn State reacting. Ohio State will react to Penn State. They might not react to USC, but if Penn State reacts to USC, Ohio State will react to Penn State. Ohio State's not going to react to LSU necessarily. LSU's going to pay whatever it takes. They're dancing with Lincoln Riley. They're after Mel Tucker. They wind up with Brian Kelly. Fine, LSU's going to be LSU. But Michigan State wants to keep Mel Tucker. They react to LSU. Ohio State has to react to Michigan State. So, did I really think that Ryan Day was going to leave Ohio State? No. Were there, I think, maybe like a couple conversations, you know? I mean, like with NFL teams this offseason? Maybe. Was it ever serious? Like, I'm out the door if I like the offer? No. No. That's not where it is with Ryan Day. 
But I do think it's possible that if Ohio State had gotten through this offseason and done nothing, then I think you would have entered some interesting territory, potentially. If, if for instance, Gene Smith and the Board of Trustees had said, you know what, we're still like kind of eating money off this pandemic that we're in the hole, and Nathan's reported on that. There are tens of million dollars in the hole from the pandemic. And like, we just can't do it right now. We just can't. Give us another year. Then I think everything would have gotten more real because what your guys in your conference do matters, especially when you're beating them. So I don't think Ryan Day, like, I don't think Ryan Day wants to, li- he doesn't. I know that. he do- That's not like on his radar right now. He has young kids, his family, he and his wife Nina like it here. That's not on his radar. But there's a point where it's like, yo, hey, Michigan State, come on, man. I don't think we were there, but I think you might have gotten there, <laughs> like if he didn't do it. So Gene Smith, when he talked in December, said like he didn't feel a sense of urgency. That doesn't, you know, if Mel Tucker gets a new deal in November, Gene Smith doesn't think he has to give Ryan Day a new deal in January. But if Ryan Day would have opened the season with the number one or number two ranked team in the country and gotten ready for a playoff run, not doing this I th- would have been an issue, is my guess. Just the way like things evolve. I, I just could see that. So... I thought some of the I thought a lot of the NFL stuff was overblown this offseason. And I thought some of the public posturing that happened was overblown. Because I think the way Gene Smith has operated, this was always coming. Gene Smith, I think it, with the football program, ex, it is a top five job. Everybody acknowledges that. He expects, you expect, everybody expects Ohio State to be a top five program, and it has been. And then if that's the case, then Gene Smith thinks the coach should be a top five paid coach. So after James Frank, Ryan Day was ninth last year. Okay. And listen, by the way, like, I do think it's okay to build up to stuff. He had never been a head coach before. He went from four and a half to five and a half to six and a half his first three years. It was going to be seven and a half this year. Now, instead of seven and a half, it's going to be nine and a half. I do think it's okay to build up to it. So he was ninth in the nation last year. But, and, and it's one of those things like, oh, why did you do this now after Oregon and Michigan? Right, it's kind of the the quote worst season, first year that Ryan Day didn't make the playoff as the head coach. Well, it's because James Franklin and Mel Tucker happened in a vacuum. Like if those don't happen and everything else is just normal, I don't think we're here. Based on like just performance, was it like oh seven point six million? That's an insult. We have to pay Ryan Day more. I don't think that would have been the case. So, I, but I do think the way things have happened, when Ohio State has a great season, they typically because they. The coach's agent wants more right now. We just won. You just made the playoff. You just won a national championship. You just made the final four. Bang. Contract extension and bump. Or the market changes. So the performance for football this year did not demand it. But the market changing, I think, did demand it. So urgent? No. Did it have to happen this offseason? No. I wondered if the pandemic would be an out. And I don't even want to say excuse because it's like there are tens of millions of dollars in the hole from the money they lost for not having football attendance that year. That's real. So that's a normal thing. Like, I actually think that's a valid reason. But Michigan State lost money too. And they paid Mel Tucker. And Penn State lost money. And they pay, everybody lost money. And nobody else stopped. The market didn't stop. It would be nice if it did. 
couple coaches around the country gave some money back right here. There, oh, we gave a million or you give a couple hundred thousand dollars back for the pandemic. But then it's like they still want their raises. So the market didn't stop. So it had to happen. And that's where he is. And I think it's like, I think Ohio State's very comfortable here. I think they almost want to pay a coach top five. And so the fact that it has jumped this much, Urban Meyer, the jump is the issue. Urban Meyer a decade ago, he gets hired in 2012. Ohio State's desperate. It's it, What I wrote about at Klim.com is the, the, this desperation slash reward cycle that they get tied together and there are desperate programs who want a better coach who pay. And then the programs that are good and have good coaches say, well, we better pay our good coaches the same as these not as good coaches got from desperate programs. We have to match that or our good guys are going to be like, what's up? And then they're going to leave or threaten to leave or there's going to be animosity. So those get attached. Is Brian Kelly worth $9.5 million? Is Mel Tucker worth $9.5 million? No, but they get it. And then Ryan Day and Dabo Sweeney and Nick Saban are like, huh. Um, I need that too. And you get that. You can hate the market. I kind of hate it. I kind of think it's crazy. But, I mean, like capitalism, whatever, right? We do capitalism for the coaches and socialism for the players. That's how it works in college sports for now. It's changed a little bit with the NIL, but that's the world everybody wants to live in. So, um, Urban Meyer in 2012 got like $4.4 million per year when he came here to an absolutely desperate program as a two-time national championship head coach. 4.4 million going right. They didn't they didn't underpay Urban Meyer. That's double than a decade. So what does that tell you? It's not great. It's not great cuz Ohio State was as desperate as you could get. Black cloud. I thought the black cloud was going to hang over the program. Urban Meyer brushed that black cloud away immediately. Urban Meyer 2018 gets a raise to 7.6 million. So you could think, okay, Robert Meyer raised to $7.6 million in 2018. Hey, in 2022, Ryan Day was on track to make $7.6 million. That would mean in four years, Ohio State's head coaching salary didn't go up. And it's like, true, but one of them is like a 17-year veteran head coach with three national titles making $7.6 million. And then four years later, the coach who was on track to make $7.6 million is entering his fourth year as a head coach, and he hasn't won any national titles yet. And now he's making 9.5 because 7.6 wasn't good enough. So it's crazy, but you're in the casino. So I like I, I you every time a head coach gets a new salary, we all kind of write the same thing. I, that doesn't mean we shouldn't write and shouldn't talk about it because it is out of control. So if it doubled, the Ohio State head coaching salary doubled from 2012 to 2022. Actually, more than doubled. Went from like 4.4 to 9.5. So is he going to double again in the next decade? Is the Ohio State head football coach in 2032 going to make $20 million a year? Like, why wouldn't it? What's going to stop it? Nick Saban has escalators in his current deal. He's making like 9.9. Both Nick Saban and Dabo Sweeney have things in their contracts where they automatically renegotiate if they fall out of the top three or top five because they know the market is the market. And they don't want to make less than Jimbo Fisher and Brian Kelly and Mel Tucker and Ryan Day. So they get automatic renegotiation, but Saban's contract already escalates to more than eleven million in a couple years. So what what would stop us from getting to twenty? Maybe Saban retiring, that you don't have the guy on top. Saban is so different than everybody, 
both an accomplishment. I think he changes the perception of the SEC. He changes the 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 discussion around college football. I'm recording this Thursday late morning after this stuff has happened where Saban uh, on Wednesday night said that Texas A&M paid for its entire recruiting class and had the number one recruiting class in the country. This last cycle, Alabama was number two and Saban said we didn't pay for anybody. He said that um, Deion Sanders at Jackson State got a mil- paid a million bucks to get a player there at NIL. Deion Sanders said he's going to respond. Saban's stirring it up. I actually think Saban is often just telling you, like, if you let it go like this, I'm going to dominate you even more. And then people get mad at Saban, but he's just, like, warning you. Now, also, people do get mad at the idea about, like, oh, like, Alabama's squeaky clean and Nick Saban saying it's the other guys in the SEC who are paying people. I get why people get mad at that. But I think a decent chunk of the time, Saban is just like, you better fix this or it's only going to get worse for you. So when he leaves, everything is going to change. But that's the world we're in. And Ohio State's sort of happy to pay it in football. But I do think they had to do this. And I think most of the Texans, there's just not a lot of disagreement on this, right? couple texture responses from 734. It feels a little weird giving Day an extension after a, quote, below expectation season, but I get it. ADs all over had to be rolling their eyes at Michigan State when they did that deal, but I kind of understand why they did it. If I were LSU, I would have backed up a Brinks truck for Mel Tucker, and Michigan State knew that. The Holtman extension is meh. I'm not sure why Gene did that. So I think I think that's where most people are. Um Another one on Ryan Day's Jeff in Maryland from the 301. I see the ray, the day raise as justified, providing he does not lose to Michigan again anytime soon. I think the Holtman increase is aspirational thinking. He has to do better in the NCAA tourney to justify it. Uh, let's talk about Day's longevity. From the 703, I think this makes sense for Ryan Day, but my concern for his longevity at Ohio State is less about money and more about the craziness of all the changes in college football hitting at the same time and making the NFL more appealing as a lifestyle at some point. I'd like to know more about whether there's a favorable buyout for Ohio State with Holtman. I feel like top four or five in the conference would be about right with some bigger incentives for conference championships in the Sweet 16 or further uh, trips in the tourney. We So this is the way this works is the Board of Trustees is voting on this and Ohio State like gets the news out ahead of time. So we don't have all the details yet. We always get them because it's public record. We, they have to give them to us. So we will have the details of all the specifics. Again, there was a time when people got all wound up about like, oh, what about the free car and how much? You guys understand now that like Ryan Day's base salary is $2 million. That's what Ohio State pays him. And then all the other money that's actually part of his salary is media appearance stuff that like Channel 10 and Columbus pays for stuff. And then you do a coach's show. There's like Nike stuff in there. Then you wear Nike stuff and that's part of it. That it's all concluded, but there's no point in breaking it up because nobody cares because we're not, we don't follow accounting. Accounting's not a sport. Financial advising is not a fort. Football is a sport. So we just take the 9.5. But um, we will get the details. Buyouts do matter, right? So so what the what the Holtman buyout is, um, I do think, you know, because I think there's worlds where, you know, maybe it ends with, if it does end for Chris Holtman, it's not a firing, it's he leaves and that's better. and every, So that's where we are. But most of the time, listen, you're not getting out of a deal unless you fire a guy for cause. And that's like you broke NCAA rules. Otherwise, you're on the hook for everything. So to that extent, it's like if you think the earliest that Chris anything would happen with Chris Holtman is he gets two more years. All right, he's on the hook for 3.5 a year. 
he'd have four more years left on his current deal. That's 14 mil you owe. Like, you're not getting out of that. So, um, but we'll get the details on that stuff. We will. We always do. Uh, let's see. From the 203, this option I did in the, the poll questions I offered. This texture says this option wasn't offered. So I wanted to say it in the text, but Day's pay is too low, in my opinion. He should be paid more than Mel Tucker and Lincoln Riley. Lincoln Riley, USC is a private school, so they don't have to divulge it. There's like reports of $10 million a year. Day has a great offensive mind, a fantastic representative of the program, and he's a great head coach that is still developing. Look what he accomplished in three years. We have a young Saban. And in my mind, that's the only coach, maybe the clown in Clemson, who should be paid more than him. So at the moment, again, I think if you take Lincoln Riley into account, Saban's ahead of him, and then he's like tied with Tucker and Kelly. Dabo's actually behind him right now, like at 8.5. Um, Jimbo Fisher got a bump. He's up there, so it's kind of in that top range. But there's, I mean, there's not, it's Saban and not, not really many more that are making more than Ryan Day right now. From the 419. To me, what's interesting about day situations is that when you remove the ridiculous dollar amounts attached and look at it in a vacuum, it makes sense. Saying I would like to be compensated on a level with a guy I beat by 50 last year, Mel Tucker, as well as the guy I'm 3-0 and against, James Franklin, is an argument that makes sense to me. These salaries are insane thanks to LSU, but he's worth as much as those two for sure. So the context does matter. We're talking about the market. That's why we talked about the market. From the 419, this is a little bit on the other side. Ryan Day may be our guy who we appreciate, but he is nowhere near the level of Nick Saban and probably uh, should have been these last few years, but he hasn't put it together. His uh, running game, minus 2019, has been nearly non-existent. He's 500 versus Michigan. He's had to overhaul the defense twice, and he seems even less interested in taking ownership of it. Lastly, there's too much investment in a person that can go to the NFL and crash the program. That seems risky to me. I hope that Urban Meyer's consultation back in the building will get Ryan Day back on track. I'm sorry, but the Buckeyes are not striking fear into anyone at this point, and they haven't since 2009, prior to Urban completely moving on. Softness has been plentiful. Urban would have warranted $11 million, but not Day, in my opinion. There weren't a ton of those. I do think that's interesting. I do think Ohio State, with its offensive recruiting and offensive scheme and offensive play calling, I actually think they do strike fear into people right now. The offense, the, excuse me, the defense has, hold, has held them back. Again, you have to remember Nathan's reporting on this, uh, like $9 million a year for the assistants, $9 million a year. So you add in Ryan Day there, I think the number is like $18.3 million total. Might have been 8.8 for the assistant pool for the 10 assistants. $18.3 million. I want to ask uh, Ohio State and get the contracts of everybody. I think we have some of them, but if I think you throw in Mickey Marotti, you throw in Mark Pantoni, you throw in everybody else around the football building, it's $20 million staff. Got to be. $20 million football staff. Think about that. Like, I don't I don't know if it's crazy, but like it's a $20 million football staff. From the 614, please rank the value, the perceived value, or the the excuse me, rank the value that Ohio State received per dollar for these contracts. Chris Holtman, Bill Davis, Parker Fleming, Zach Smith from the 614. I like questions like that. I'll do a whole pot on that later this summer. When we're desperate for content, the value per contract uh, rankings um, from the 419 coaches seem to be pricing themselves out of the market. I could be a CEO and organize people and resources at McDonald's without knowing how to work the fry machine. And then some artificial intelligence I, to call plays and it's over. Get artificial intelligence to call plays and it's over for coaches. It's interesting. 
get like an algorithm to call plays. There's still culture, but we do seem to be paying for scheme. That's an interesting conversation. I'd still root for the Buckeyes if a computer, a robot, not a robot though, right? I would want something to be spit out and a human to relay it in. I don't want a robot. I don't want a robot doing the signals. This is your play, CJ Stroud. I am wearing a blue shirt and moving my arms in a fashion to indicate an RPO. I don't want that. I'm sorry, but the pay is getting ridiculous. How many years can you really invest that much in a person who doesn't immediately win? If Day misses the playoff this year and only has two losses um, to Michigan, you still have to fire him for that kind of cash. Most coaches cannot beat Michigan and cannot make the playoff for one-tenth of that. That's not going to happen. So, I mean, like, like the idea that, like, is the pay out of control? Yes. Like, Ryan Day getting fired stuff is not a realistic conversation. Yes, they lost to Michigan, but Michigan was good. Not a realistic conversation at this point. Like, and not a realistic conversation of like, well, you lost to Michigan twice, you're fired. Like, that's that's not how that would work. From the 614, this seems about right for day, given the ridiculous market. I'm glad it got done. I don't hate the Holtman deal, but it just increases the pressure on this season to me. If you want to be paid as a top 20 coach, you have to be a top 20 program. And are they? Are they? Are they? Last thing on Ryan Day. It's Jared and Springboro. I answered that I'm still worried Day could leave for the NFL in a couple of years. It's just hard to gauge how much a certain coach would rather be in the NFL versus managing recruiting, especially with the chaos around NIL and everything else. What if Ohio State wants to keep using NIL the right way and other programs go full Wild West? Could that wear Day down to the point that it pushes him towards wanting to be an NFL coach more? I could see Day staying at Ohio State for 20 years because he gets to be king, but heavy is the head that wears the crown. So I will say, I, I think some of this, some of the, like, quote, Wild West craziness... I do think factors into this because I do think it's one, it's one of those things. It's like, how can five or six or $7 million not be enough to handle all this? It is stressful. And Ohio State is stressful. It's stressful to lose to Michigan and have people be angry. It's stressful to manage the Quinn Ewers situation. Uh, it's stressful to think about the transfer portal and Jamison Williams left and went to Alabama, right? Like it's not, Ohio State's fine. They managed it all, but it is stressful. But money can't buy happiness, but it can ease stress. And so I do think there's a part of that in this as well, that it's like, hey, the market changed. What's up? Okay, we got to adjust to the market. But also on top of it, like, the world is more complicated and I have more on my plate. I'm just trying to think like a coach these days, right? I have more on my plate. There's a million things happening off the field that didn't used to happen. And it's kind of driving me a little nuts, maybe. But you know what helps me deal with that? $2 million raise, $1.9 million raise. Then I'll deal with the stress. So I do think there's something of like the minute a pretty good college head coach feels underpaid, that's when I'm out, not worth it kicks in. As long as you, I think that might kick in sooner than it would have in the old days because there are complicating factors. So you don't want that to fester. So I think market got Ryan Day here, but I think maybe if there ever was any inclination by Ohio State, and I never had any inclination that, never, no idea that there was, but if there was inclination to wait at all, the increased craziness of the world, I think, did away with that because you don't want anything to fester. So this got done. I think Ryan Day, 
I think Ryan Day sees out the end of this deal. Now, get me to the Bill Belichick retirement press conference and an offer from the Patriots, and we'll see if I still think that. But short of that, seven more years. His oldest child is 13, I think. So that his youngest kids, right? Seven more years. He'd be here a decade. He got hired, right? He's 43 right now. Seven more years. Gets him to 50. Plenty of time to still go to the NFL. I would shut down short of Bill Belichick personally making a call to say, come replace me. And I that that's not a conversation I ever had with Ryan Day directly or anything. That's just, he grew up in New England. Short of that, I think this shuts it down. I think this ends NFL rumors with Ryan Day for the next seven years. They're going to keep him top five. He wants to be here. And, you know, short of the program falling off the cliff, if there was any little bit of bump here, they it wasn't a bump, but like maybe a little wet, like a little rain, Got to grip the wheel a little bit tighter, and now the rain went away, and it's smooth, smooth drive now. So I would say he gets through the seven years. Will Holtman get through the six? I would vote no, because I just think there's two paths out of it. I think there's like the world where Chris Holtman, like all of a sudden, gets it rolling, and then it's like Kentucky comes calling. And I think there's the world where it gets worse, and he's out. And I also think there's a world like where it continues to be like kind of fine, good, good, solid, not great, no Final Fours, but good, competitive, exciting, eh. and there's like a mutual parting of the way. So that's three outs. So there's certainly a way that Chris Holtman stays, but I just think there are too many different ways that he's not here that my vote would be Ryan Day gets through the next seven years. Chris Holtman does not get through the next six. Quick break, come back. A lot of Holtman commentary from you guys. I'll read some of those, and I'll share my thoughts on the Chris Holtman extension next after this. All right, back on Buckeye Talk. I took a little break there to have a little uh, diet orange soda pop. Clear my throat. And uh, and uh, while that happened, Jimbo Fisher had a press conference where he called Nick Saban despicable and a narcissist and said people should dig into how Nick Saban recruits. And he said he's never he's done with Nick Saban. He's never going to talk to him again because Nick Saban on Wednesday night said that uh, Texas A&M bought its entire recruiting class. And uh, that's the SEC right now. So we'll, uh, we'll do some of that. Maybe I don't <clears throat> I don't know. I, I can't process that right now. There are people saying, Alabama reporter I follow who's really good, Mike Rodak, said it's the wildest press conference he's ever seen in 13 years of being a sports writer. Uh, Texas A&M writer I I follow um, said he's never seen anything like it. Watching Jimbo Fisher just be like, I'm never talking to Nick Saban again. So that might have been one of those famous ones. That might have been a um, practice, we're talking practice, or playoffs, Uh Kind of, or you play to win the game. That might have been one of those. Maybe we'll make a Diet Pepsi commercial about it in six years, about uh, narcissism, uh, despicableness, and uh, not answering the phone when someone calls you. So good luck to the SEC sorting that out. I was joking on Twitter. Remember in 2013 when Urban Meyer was here and Mark D'Antonio and Brett Bielema were mad about Urban Meyer breaking gentlemen's agreements in recruiting? Quaint. Quaint. It's back when Jim Delaney was like, we'll just go Division Three if we have to pay players. Sometimes 
you feel like, yeah, yeah, the Big Ten. I mean, they make this much money as the SEC, but it's like, yeah, the Big Ten, yeah, they're right there on the heels on the SEC. And then sometimes the SEC does something. It's like, oh no, they that no, that is a different world. Uh, I can can you imagine a news conference where, um, you know. Jeff Brom called Ryan Day despicable. We went all crazy because Jim Harbaugh said some people were born on third base and didn't realize it. And uh, this is this is outright SEC uh, showdown stuff, right in the news conference. Let's talk about Chris Holtman. So, top 20 now, roughly, right? If you go by last year, he'd be like in the top 20. So some of those other guys are going to get new deals and stuff. Part of the problem in the Big Ten is that all the guys who suck get paid, and a lot of the guys who are good don't get paid. I went through um, by salary. These are the according to the USA Today database last year. Micah Shrewsbury, the Penn State coach, isn't on there because Penn State has some weird open records laws that they don't have to divulge stuff, even though Penn State's a public university. By pay last year in the Big Ten basketball coaches, Tom Izzo, $7.9 million. Double anybody else. He's Tom Izzo. He's first. Jawan Howard at Michigan, Brad Underwood at Illinois, Fred Hoiberg at Nebraska, tied for second at $3.5 million. Mark Turgeon, who left in the middle of the year, got fired. And uh, Chris Collins at Northwestern were tied for fifth at $3.3 million. Matt Painter, seventh at $3.2 million. Mike Woodson, who last year was the first-year Indiana coach, $3.1 million. He was eighth. Then Holtman was ninth at $3 million, slightly ahead of Fran McCaffrey from Iowa, who is also at $3 million. Then Greg Gard at Wisconsin was 11th at $2.7 million. Uh, Steve Peichel, the Rutgers coach, 12th at $2.6 million. Ben Johnson, the first-year Minnesota coach, was uh, 13th at $2 million. And then Michael Shrewsbury. So those that's the order of guys paid. Here's where they finished. I'm going to read you the order of finish, starting with the highest-paid coach. Tied for 7th, tied for 7th, 1st. 13th, tied for 10th, tied for 10th, 3rd, 9th, tied for 4th, tied for 4th, tied for 1st, tied for 4th, 13th. So Greg Gard in Wisconsin tied Illinois for the Big Ten regular season title. Greg Gard was 11th in the Big Ten in salary last year. Chris Collins at Northwestern has stunk since they made the tournament once. He was tied for 5th last year. He's making more than Matt Painter. Fred Hoiberg... Nebraska basketball is an abomination. Fred Hoiberg was tied for second in the league in pay last year at $3.5 million. So it's all out of whack. So you look at it and say, oh, my God, Chris Holtman should make as much, should make more than Chris Collins and Fred Hoiberg. It's like, yes, even if you're not a huge Holtman fan, you'd agree with that. you got to give him a raise. But then you look, it's like, well, he's making more than Greg Gard and Fran McCaffrey. It's like, well, does that make sense? Should he make more than Greg Gard? No, he should not make more than Greg Gard. So... The context matters, but you can't only go by the context because the context is so completely out of whack. Izzo is in that top, top, top elite tier of like the top five guys who just, they get paid like football coaches and nobody else really does. So that's the situation. What does it mean for Chris Holtman? Does it add pressure from the 317? Does this ratchet up any pressure on Holtman over the next season or two, Doug? I kind of almost think the fact that he didn't get more is what ratchets it up because the extension I do think takes any pressure off for this year he's not going anywhere after this year he's got two years minimum here now but for Ohio State to say ah we'll bump you from three to 3.5 is not a huge enough investment so like sometimes the idea of like more being given more adds pressure 
I almost think like being given less adds pressure sometimes. It's like, oh. So, I mean, it's not nothing. If Chris Holtman's going to call me up and say, how come you're acting like me getting a half a million dollar raise is no big deal? It's nice. It is. It is. But it's not game changing in any sense. To take it from the 30s to the 20s, it's not game changing. So that's that's my read on this, which is a change from sort of where I was initially when I started texting. From the 614, wait, wait, did you say Holtman got an extension? Ugh, I need more angry Doug on a pod. So in the end, I, uh, on that Monday basketball pod, which Steven and I had recorded earlier, and then it got delayed, um, I had sort of said like, man, like that, that pod was bad, right? Because like I couldn't, I couldn't kind of get my thoughts together and I was kind of all over the place. And then some people actually sort of then said that, no, that was good because it was like you were sort of just like legitimately um, frustrated and sort of sharing the frustration of the fans. So I, 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 I feel that frustration in this because, again, so many people responded about the Holtman raise compared to to the day raise from the 513. That's the dumbest stuff I've ever seen. The Holtman raise, not the day one. I hope day is here for 20 years. That's the initial reaction to that stuff. And so could they have held off? Could they have held off? I guess, but I think I covered why I kind of actually think they can't. From the 440, is this Holtman deal a prove-it deal? That I think is more right. They're probably just going to give him a contract long enough to see what he can do with the top five recruiting class. From the 440, you were kind of on it before I was from the 440. And I think you maybe helped lead me there to understand that. This is from the 513. It's a guy, Matt and Indy. Doug, I forced myself to listen to the basketball podcast on Monday. It's one of your best, in my opinion. Hear me out. Your reaction was indicative of the fans' feelings over the past couple of years. Ohio State basketball has not been enjoyable to watch or follow. The excuses for, uh, for next year are so valid and frustratingly predictable. My hope is not measured in wins, but rather a team that plays with heart and points to a brighter future. My fear is the same old, same old and very poor attendance and leading to an obvious coaching change coming before the season is over. The survey question on Holtman's salary will be negative, but Ohio State not paying top 20 is worse, in my opinion. It means we're settling for less than what's expected. I almost think that is a pretty good point, too, right? That you, they're clearly not paying him like he's elite, but you almost need to pay for what you hope it can be, for what you want. And if you're going to continue to pay him in the 30s, then maybe does that mean that you just need to move on? I almost, like, that wasn't quite there yet. But I think like a year from now, if he didn't have an extension and a raise, I think it means you should have moved on. So they've made that decision. This was Gene Smith making that decision. I think it's two more years minimum, but nothing more after that. From the 317, Holtman is the guy who does nothing for the group project but gets credit. We all dislike that person, right? You don't want to have to carry somebody. I remember very vividly in third grade, uh, doing a project on Andrew Jackson. We all have, we all have the, we all got a different president. Um, this is before sort of the view on Andrew Jackson, I think, had changed uh, from presidential historians and more realization of what that era meant for some people in this country. But um, my the Andrew Jackson, I I love the folders that we used to have like little uh, folders, like ninety nine cent folders with little, the little like gold uh, little clasps in there. And I would have like a green folder and a, and a purple folder. And so you'd write all this stuff out, then you'd put it in the folder. Somebody was in charge of drawing things. And then I made, guess what I did? I talked. I think someone had to write it. Somebody had to draw. And then I got up in front of the class and talked. And I was like, talking, that's easy. So 
uh, that was third grade, the group project. That group actually worked very well together. We've all been a part of the group projects that uh, that don't get together. So I, I understand. I understand why people feel frustrated that way. From the 614, I'm not ready to get rid of Holtman, but I'm not ready for an extension either. Uh, that... That I also kind of get too. So this is this is almost serving that. This is kind of like the eh extension from the four four zero. I'm sorry, but Holtman is a great guy, but overpaid for the team's performance. So again, he was ninth. It's one of those things. They tied for fourth in the regular season last year. A three way tie for fourth. They were the sixth seed in the tournament. He was the ninth highest paid coach last year because he was working on the same deal in his fifth year. He hadn't gotten raised. So. And I think that's right. I looked up every contract thing I could. If I got that wrong, I'll come back and apologize. So does it affect your view of like, hey, Ohio State should be better than tied for fourth in the Big Ten? It's like, well, their coach was ninth. So did he underperform or did he overperform? From the 941, the only thing more screwed up than Holtman getting a $500,000 raise is Nebraska's Fred Hoiberg being tied for the second highest salary in the Big Ten. That, that's, that is screwed up. And it does have an effect. Um I don't. I don't think it's as quite as simple as Gene Smith saying Fred Hoiberg makes three point five million. Chris Holtman has to, but agents can think that way. From the six one four, one of my oldest friends is a Chris Holtman fan, and because he is a sports writer and in the College Basketball Sports Writers Hall of Fame, I grudgingly defer to him on these matters. I wonder who that is. But I got to be honest. Five years in, I thought the program would be further along, i.e., a Big Ten title, NCAA tournament run, etc. Holtman has done well, consistently getting to the NCAA tournament despite significant obstacles, injuries, and COVID. Maybe his luck changes and he delivers conference titles and tournament runs. If not, Holtman runs the risk of becoming the second coming of Eldon Miller. Not a good thing. Eldon had three future NBA first-round picks on his 79-80 team, and they didn't win anything that year either. I hope Holtman makes it, but... Um, so a lot of this is running together. The 5-8-6 college football is a joke. You don't meet your... This is more about Ryan Day, actually. I, I should have read it in Ryan Day, but I, for, I forgot to read it. College football is a joke. You don't meet your goals, i.e. you don't beat Michigan. You don't win your division. You don't make the playoff. You get a 25% raise. Um, I love you, Kerry Combs, but you make they made a bad hire. You correct it by paying three quarters of a million more for Knowles, and you get rewarded with a 25% raise. You give an already very rich man more money just because the Joneses, Michigan State, did it, and it's a ridiculously stupid way to run any organization. Congrats to Ryan Day and his second yacht. I hate Michigan, but I have more respect for what they did when Harbaugh didn't achieve his goals than this. Sign the guy who maybe gets a 5% raise when I kick total butt at work. That's Todd in Michigan. I get that, and I did like it, actually. I thought that was very reasonable. Harbaugh got the pay cut. He got it back now, right? He got another contract thing. He got it back. But like, rather than firing him, he took a pay cut, which is almost unheard of. I think we'd all live sleep a little better with if you pay the guys for success and you take a pay cut when you don't succeed. But then they get fired and they keep the money. So that's all frustrating. If you try to compare coaching salaries to like real human stuff, if you try to get out of the casino, you'll just drive yourself crazy. It's not what it's about. I know people talk about tax dollars and stuff. The athletic department operates on its own, at least at a place like Ohio State. There aren't student fees funding it. It's your season tickets that fund it, right? It's this thing, but it's not tax dollars, even though it's a public university. So I'm not trying to make an excuse. I agree it's out of control. I agree it's nuts, but it's the marketplace. And so we can pound our head against that wall. I do think there's a world where if and when colleges start paying players, they're not going to have as much money to pay the coaches. And maybe that relaxes this and we look back at a time of like man remember when coach was making 10 million dollars and we're in a world where now they're making six or seven the very best guys because they have to also pay the players i don't know that might be wishful thinking but at some point there is a limit 
And the coaches can get paid like this because the, the schools pay the players nothing. So NIL, that's not the schools. Now, if their donations go down because people are donating to collectives instead of donating to Ohio State, hey, I used to give this much money to the athletic department. Now I'm not going to give it to the I'm going to give it to the collective instead because the collective is going to help us recruit better. The heck with building the waterfall or with paying, you know, the quarterback's coach more money. Maybe that has an effect, but I don't think it's till we really there's a direct payment out of the coffers of the athletic department into players' pockets. If that happens, that's what chills out the coaching market, the coaching marketplace. We're not there yet. Maybe we'll never get there. From the 216, I don't think the money for Holtman is bad for me. It's the years. He seems to have plateaued with first or second round exits at the tournament. Just kind of seems the team underperforms at times. Definitely not as fun to watch as during the prime Mata era. Hopefully they can get back to something similar. This is a, an interesting one because I, I like where uh, Ron and Jupiter Florida is coming from, but like it's you're not it, Ron. From the 561, guys, I would love to know if I'm in the hostile minority on Holtman. You're not. <laughs> it's not a minority. I just think the program is closer to being perennially out of the top 25 than being inside the top 10. Don't our expectations need to be a top 10 or elite eight finish every three or four years and a final four every eight to 10 years? What bothers me most is his total failure in developing and leveraging guards, especially point guards, and the early season successes combined with the mid and late season implosions. The recipe is so frustrating. Not sure how Gene sees it so starkly different. I would, I would not call that, expressing that opinion, Ron, a minority. Not from what I'm getting here. From the 419, dog him on the fence with the Holtman extension. After listening to the basketball podcast, I agree this is a results time for him. I don't know how long it takes to work out and approve contracts, but I think they could have seen how the season goes and make a decision then. If there's another late season collapse, to me it's an indictment of the coaches and you don't extend or see if there's a lesser uh, prove-it deal for a coach that will be taken. So, I, I again, I think that's reasonable. I just think the timing on this pinched him a little bit, uh, and this is where they had to go. Holtman better have a top 20 team from the 614. I'm sure this has been texted already, but Holtman better have a top 20 team. That's a five-seater better come March. He needs to make Ohio State a top 20 program and not wade in the water around the 40th to 50th best program. So a lot of times during the year, they're right on the edge of that. They're not, they're like in the, they're like 21st and 19th. They're not, they have that early season win. They get the top 10 and they fall out of that. I th- like the discussion of is Ohio State basketball right now a top 20 program if Holtman is a top 20 salary, I think is an interesting discussion. I think if we really tried to rank them based on like recent history, potential, recruiting, support, coaching ability, is Ohio State a top 20 program right now? My guess is no. I don't think they're 41. I don't think they're 37. I think they're probably in the 20s. It almost makes me want to do it. Although you guys don't love the basketball pods. It almost makes me want to do it. We'll see. All right. I I want to do this one on Gene I thought was interesting from the 513. I voted, I'm not that worried Ohio State will always be okay for one of the questions about the coaching stuff. But a large weight of that is Gene Smith being the AD. He's a big voice in college athletics and seems to understand Ohio State's position in the college sporting world. He understands Ohio State's power and the importance of maintaining that power. Part of Ryan Day and Chris Holtman contracts are showing the next head coach is that Ohio State is going to give you top-level resources and compensation to compete at the highest levels. Now go deliver. That is an interesting view. I don't think you can pay Chris Holtman to entice the guy who's going to replace Chris Holtman, but I also understand what that texture is saying. You don't want to lose your reputation in the big picture because maybe 
you're not winning the games for a couple years that you expect to win. You want to maintain your place in the pecking order. And resources and money is part of that. So I think it's a really interesting point uh, by that texture. And I wanted to make sure that I mentioned that. A couple more from the 614. The Holtman News is overshadowing how excited I am about football. I just don't get it. Again, that was not an uncommon response. And we'll get back to this. I always talk about this when I talk about basketball. The conversation I had with Gene Smith the day that Chris Holtman was hired or announced as the hire and the expectations for Ohio State basketball. We've outlined that many times. It's compete at the top of the Big Ten every year, win a Big Ten championship every couple years, and then be in that Final Four national championship mix, you know, like once every eight or ten years. It's a paraphrasing myself, that conversation, because I was very curious about Gene's expectations there. I don't know that the way Ohio State's acted in the five years since would back that up. I think Gene is being very publicly complimentary and in his evaluations, the private evaluations of Chris Holtman that he knows are going to be public, has shown support there. Um, this is a sign of support. Now, maybe not maximum support, but certainly some support. I do think that Gene has shown support while Ohio State not meeting that previous definition. That's okay. I mean, you don't. I don't know that you want to live in a world where, you know, you have a fight. You, you make the tournament every year, but you know your AD is going nuts because you're not competing for national titles. So I get it, but there is some confirmation stuff here that people are noting. Probably maybe because you've heard me talk about that expectation level for so often. From the six one four. Well, I guess this indirectly confirms what Gene's expectations are for the basketball program. Like if this is okay, they're willing to pay three point five million for this. Then maybe it's not what Gene said back then from the 615. Well, we have our answer for the expectations of the basketball program. I don't want to hear anything about deep tournament runs or national titles. One more. 512. I guess Gene Smith is okay with mediocre basketball. That would outrage Ohio State football fans. I guess that's the difference. So talking about a world where the basketball coach now makes 37% of what the football coach makes 15 years ago, they were almost equal. That tells you something. I don't know that it tells you that Ohio State is settling for this, but I do think Ohio State is having patience in a way it wouldn't have for football and it maybe didn't have at the end of the Mata era. So it's the first extension's first raise, Chris Holtman entering year six. Where we go from here, I think this locks up two more years of Holtman guaranteed. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on is he on a hot seat? Is he on a hot seat right now? Because I think we have the answer. So he's going to get year one of this recruiting class and year two of this recruiting class. I don't think he's going to get an extension and a raise unless they go to the final. That's the thing. If they go to the final four, he's going to get another raise a year from now because it's going to be like, oh, 3.5 million top 20 in the country. They just made the, made the final four. We got to go higher than that. If they don't make the final four, they he's not getting a raise or extension in the next couple of years. And then two basketball seasons from now, We'll have to see where things are. Are they in a raise extension kind of place or are they more in a like a this isn't it kind of place? But I would say this locks up two more years of Chris Holt, Holtman at the very least. All right. Listen, I'm going to just let you in on a little secret here. When I do the podcast with other people, with Nathan and Steven, when they talk, I'm organizing myself. I'm thinking about what I want to say next. I'm checking my notes. I'm looking up things that somebody brought up and I want to double check a fact. When I'm here by myself, I'm not doing that. So if I repeated myself, I apologize, but I don't have time to think. I just talked. 
for 75 minutes. So it's not the way I would like to do a podcast all the time. Because even if you're like on a radio show by yourself, you have a producer in your ear and stuff. There's nobody in my ear, other than my wife asking like I'm shout- why I'm shouting in a room, an empty room all alone. But we are going to have some other stuff. I have an invite out to a really well-respected sports writer who would be an interesting guest to talk about some stuff. I think we're going to do some stuff about the idea of divisions going away in college football, probably in the Big Ten. What would that mean? It would mean maybe an Ohio State-Michigan Big Ten championship game. What would some rivalries be if they go to a three-five-five model where there's three rivals you'd pay every play every year and everybody else you'd pay five teams one year and then you'd have the other five teams you'd play another year? Uh, what could those rivalries be for Ohio State? Certainly Michigan is one. We might do that for the Friday pod, kind of work that out a little bit, and that probably will be just me again. But I have uh, the Toledo preview. We've done the the Notre Dame and Arkansas State previews. The Toledo preview was really fun. I recorded that already. Um, We have some other backlog podcasts that we'll get to. I have some invites out on some other things. And so if you're sick of my voice, it's not only going to be me like every day. And then Steven's going to be back at some point when he feels better, um, just under the weather. And so we'll get that sorted out. But for now, I do appreciate you guys bearing with me because I listen to podcasts. I like the back and forth. I like so that the serialized podcasts sometimes when they're investigating a mystery, but mostly the podcasts that I like listening to are just two or three people talking about stuff. That's what I like. And when it's just me, it's not that. And that's not ideal. But I hope that got you through my thoughts on the contract. Appreciate you guys hanging with Buckeye Talk. Read cleveland.com slash OSU for now. I'm Doug LaMaurice, and that was Buckeye Talk. Buckeye Talk.